Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Now from Hollywood, California, the horror capital of the world, the Boulay Brothers. Creatures of the Night. Hello, uglies, and welcome to Creatures of the Night Postmortem for Boulet Brothers Dragula Season 5, Episode 6, Pleasure Planet X. As always, we are your Queens of Darkness, the Boulet Brothers. Swanthula. And Jack Morta. And before I activate my sonic transducer and send us off to Pleasure Planet X, we should catch up on all the stuff that happened over the last week. Yeah, it's been a crazy week. The first thing that's happened that I think we should talk about is it is official. The Blade Brothers Dragula has been renewed for season six. Yes, this is something that we knew right away because after the first episode... It was so explosive and well-received. They gave us the note that, okay, yes, we're moving into a sixth season. But for reasons of our own, we had to kind of hold off and wait. And I was just biting at the bit to get this news out there. Yeah, you got to wait until the ink is dry. So you get the announcement that you've been renewed. But until the deal is settled, you can't really announce it. Even though I really wanted to announce it after the first episode to tell the competitors and the fans how well the show performed mm-hmm. and how well they did. And, you know, cause I feel like it's, it's the effort of everybody that the show gets. Yeah, no, it's huge. It's a huge honor for us. It's a huge honor for the entire cast. Not only the people you see on screen, but everyone behind the camera too. Like our new producer right. yeah. team, like the new DP, new camera operators. Everything was so new this season. And I think because it, it was instantly renewed, that's just an honor for all of us. Absolutely. The show's, growing in a, in a big way and it makes me very happy because i think it's the culmination of so many people's work that it's just nice to see it's nice to see yeah um, and this is a little quicker than we would normally renew and i don't want people i want to quell any concerns that we'll start like cranking out seasons like happens in other franchises but this is something that you can rely on to come out annually around Spooky season or not spooky, boofy season. Oh my if you god, will. Uh, sorry, but the yeah, Halloween you, or fall season will you, do just fine. I like the haunted season haunted or like the haunted season. holidays, there you go. but I like to say boofy just so I can see your reaction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just some doofy ghost with a boo and cursing boo <laughs> on your Martha table napkins. Yeah, I also think that I don't want people to think, oh my god, well, they just got a season out and they're already doing season six. No. There's a reason we're doing that. And the reason is we want to be able to come out during the Halloween season, not start episode one on Halloween. That's something we've been wanting to do forever. But, you know, the show kept getting renewed and we would be on tour and things. And it's like it's as fast as we could turn the show around. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. But this time we're starting early. So we should be able to get the show out during fall and not at the end. That is the goal. And casting is now open. So please, um, if you are interested or you think you have what it takes or you know a nasty little monster that belongs on television, follow the links, check out our website. All of the materials that you need to audition can be found there. And you have a couple of months, so good luck, uglies. What are you looking for this season? Anything in particular? Are you waiting to see what's out there? I am looking for spice. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for drama. I'm looking for deadly good looks. I'm looking for people to push the boundaries visually, but also kind of socially. I'm looking for everything at the core of the show. It almost seems like there's a little bit of a decision to make. Do you lean into 
the elevated looks and sort of just focus on that and that's all you're looking for? Or do you lean into, well, I need a super monster and I need someone with a big personality too who's not afraid to be spicy and who can perform live and all that? Because those things are not always in the same world. I want everything. So it's Mm -hmm. both for me. And I think that the spiciness and the character, the personality is testament to just being a queer person in this field and like existing in the world of dragon in the world of horror. We often have very poignant tales to tell. And Mm -hmm. I want someone with a voice that can tell those stories. Understood. And and I, we could go on about that, but not tonight. No. Not tonight. We need to talk about those tattoos. Why? We talked about them last episode. Oh, what God. else is there to say? They are disgusting. Just that Sorry, guys. <laughs> just that they're hideous, they're heinous, and they're glorious. I just have to commend both Neo and Anaphylactic for just going so hard and so metal. They did. Because neither tats. one of them had to do that. They no, didn't they go did. that ham or that size or anything. So I was very, very appreciative of it. Oh, one other thing I want to talk about. I guess on the last episode, we said we made a joke about lower middle class humor or something. Mm -hmm. For those of you at home that don't know, that is a reference to a British sitcom called Keeping Up Appearances. A lot of our UK fans know that, but obviously it goes over the heads of some of the people in the US. We would never say that and mean it like that. We would just, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, it's pure comedy. And please, like, Drac introduced me to that years ago, like Keeping Up Appearances and Are You Being Served and those kind of British comedies are so funny. And if you watch them, you might understand some references even from way earlier in Dragula history, like from seasons one, two, and three. Like, (laughs) we were definitely known to quote Hyacinth Bouquet. Yeah, I think it was a stretch because Anna went home that episode. I don't know. I thought it would be she's from the UK. Kind of made sense. No, totally. I overthought that one. Anyways, (laughs) well, the whole point is she's not, you know, the character that says lower middle class is lower middle. I mean, that's the whole joke of it, but obviously. Yeah, yeah. Watch it. You wouldn't know that. So Pleasure Planet X is season five's iteration of our science fiction challenge. And this is not something new to Dragula world. Mm -hmm. This is something that we like to visit because it's not just about horror. It's about fantasy. It's about sci-fi and thrillers and adventure and um, Dungeons and Dragons. And, you know, we like to push very far into corners that are kind of unexpected. Mm -hmm. But why Pleasure Planet X? What did you think, Drac? Well, to me, it felt like from the world of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Exactly. It's exactly what we intended. You know, we didn't want to come out and say, this is a Rocky Horror Challenge. We thought about that. But I was like, well, let's make it a little more broad so the costumes could be a little bigger. Because the truth is, most of the costumes you see in Rocky Horror are small. And they're sort of just like, hi, I'm in underwear and glasses, you know, like what Ian runs around in. But um <laughs> You know, you know what I mean? Or even like Frankenfurter's cuts, it's sure. like lingerie. So even like the big party looks are not that big. Yeah. My my hope was that they would sort of take that theme and elevate it. Well, we can talk about whether they did that or not later. Absolutely. <laughs> so. I think both the worlds of drag and horror can be very kind of provocative and sexy, uh, kind of separately, but they kind of could come together in this challenge called Pleasure Planet X. That's what I envisioned. And I'm not sure if they delivered it. Let's take a quick break, actually. And when we come back, we will get all into that. See you soon, uglies. Chronic migraine is 15 or more headache days a month, each lasting four hours or more. Botox Onabotulinum Toxin A prevents headaches in adults with chronic migraine. It's not for adults with migraine with 14 or fewer headache days a month. It prevents, on average, eight to nine headache days a month versus six to seven for placebo. Prescription Botox is injected by your doctor. Effects of Botox may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness can be signs of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Side effects may include allergic reactions, neck and injection site pain, fatigue, and headache. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Don't receive Botox if there's a skin infection. Tell your doctor your medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome, and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. Ask your doctor and visit BotoxChronicMigraine.com or call 1-800-44-BOTOX to learn more. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blakey, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Welcome back, my dirty darlings. And now it's time to welcome someone to the show who has very unique insight and perspective, Mama. Um, He's supervising producer Ian DeVogler. Thank you for that amazing intro. And I think in honor of this episode, I have only one thing to say for myself, which is, I'm horny. (laughs) (laughs) But were you still after you watched it? No. (laughs) We tried. We really did. We set them up good, but. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's the thing about a competition setting is you can't win them all. And sometimes... Yeah. Well, you know, I think when we kind of come up with the challenges, we have something in our minds mm-hmm. of what we think we want it to be. And it just may not translate, you know, when they when they decide, oh, these are the words and the terms they're giving me to come up with my theme, especially if they are not familiar with the Rocky Horror world. Yeah. You would interpret that very differently. And clearly they have. So I actually think a lot of the looks were really cool this episode. They just maybe weren't in the world that we originally thought. But I don't even know if viewers would notice that. That's fair. Yeah. That is fair. Yeah, no one did, like, poorly. It's just we we were hoping we would get some Rocky Horror kind of people. Yeah. yeah. And even I think that a lot of the looks and just overall the episode to me, I love this episode and I love this cast. I just want to say that out loud. But <laughs> I think that comedy is where everyone went, which I appreciate. It's it's great to see comedy, but I wanted some hoes. Yeah. I wanted sex. I wanted slutty. I wanted interstellar slutty. Yeah. I wanted someone to tickle the fancies of <laughs> all the fans. Like, I wanted it. I wanted dripping orifice or a or if a sussy, I don't know, whatever. Well, interestingly, we have a lot of sexy competitors that yeah. I feel like show sex in their looks before they got on the show. Like Fantasia is incredibly sexy, yeah. obviously. JK2 plays with themes of sex a Neo, lot. Neo, of course. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's kind of crazy a little. I mean, even Orgotics in a weird way, it's very Geiger kind of Hellraiser mm-hmm. kind of sex world sometimes, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Well, it's interesting to even think about the alchemy of this cast because I wonder if some of these looks presented in a different way could have been or could have skewed a little more hardcore, a little sluttier, sexier, but then sort of skew comedy when everyone is sort of doing their, and we'll get to this, but when they're doing all their things and Orgotic comes up and it's just weird comedy. It's like, oh, my skin. <laughs> what is happening? Even Throb, I think, kind of hit it in the sense of like, it almost was like a sex cartoon, like mm. Cool World or something like that, like yeah. an adult cartoon kind of vibe, which I think is cool, but I not very cool world. Rocky Horror. But anyways. It was video game for me. Like I saw some or some yeah, kind of like cyberpunk yeah. fun boy or something like that, <laughs> where, you know, like from the front and the back, the verse in the universe. Like I actually thought Throb's presentation was very clever. I, yeah. I want to steal cyberpunk fun boy as <laughs> 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 my new moniker forever. <laughs> Well, let's talk about the alchemy a little bit because the ghouls are ghouling in the lab for the first lab. And I think for the most part, they're kind of getting along. We have a little bit of accord between them until Orc comes out with a real spicy line that stood out for me. And I want to get your guys take on it. He's basically talking to JK, who has gotten, you know, the whipping boy of the season title. You're taking the spot of so many talented people. Mm -hmm. And like, I felt like that was... That was a insult that cuts to the bone. What did you guys think? Yeah, I was actually pretty gagged. And I feel like Orgotic and JK have this very intense static. And I don't know if it is a cultural barrier, language barrier, or if it's they just need to fucking get over it. I'm not really sure what it is. But the way that they interact with each other, sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, mama. Like, I need a cigarette. Hardcore. Yeah, I mean... English is a second language for orgotic, and I think you can see him kind of struggling to 
get his thoughts out in the way he wants. And I think a lot of times what he says comes out very blunt, but you can't mistake the meaning of that statement, which is hi. And here's the thing. I don't know that we should be so overly sensitive about it because here's, mm-hmm. here's my opinion. Or God, it comes from a very specific world in, in the way that they see art and drag. That is his perspective. If he thinks that JK's art is not up to the craftsmanship of the other people there, he's allowed to say it. So what? You don't have to care. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Don't listen to it. Disagree with it. Because I'm sure from JK's world, JK would look at the stuff Orgotic does and think, well, I think you're very lacking. If you came and performed in Brooklyn with all this Mm -hmm. stuff, it would flop. So to me, it's sort of like everyone needs to get over it a little bit. Very valid. I I agree with you. Yeah, they have strong opinions. So what? It it still was stunning. You know, so basically you're saying like you're allowed to take off your glove and slap someone in the face on the show. But it is still stunning when you hear the... And someone gets yeah, slapped. I think that's the reality is I love, I love this cast. I love that Rogotic said that. I love that JK takes it in stride. And I feel like there is such a careful nature that everyone sort of has these gloves on, on reality TV. Now everyone's afraid mm-hmm. to say how they feel, do what they want to do. And of course I'm not advocating for people to go crazy and assault people and punch people, but it's really refreshing for me to see people be like, I actually don't think that you deserve to be here. That's my opinion. It's pointed. And I think you stick your neck out a little bit when you speak with that kind of conviction because social media and fans can be very quick to just condemn and try to cancel. And that's something that needs to go away. I'm just going to say it right now. We all need to be respectful. I think respect is something that everybody needs to push towards, but we need to be able to have conversations, especially when we don't agree. Or if someone says something really strong that's kind of pointed at somebody else, it okay. Well, You're going to be think, okay. I think so many people now don't know how to communicate in person. So you'll have people in a room and they'll sit there and get offended by something with their lips pursed. And then run home <laughs> to the internet and, you know, and it's oh, like, yeah. why don't you just say it? Cause like, we're all imperfect. Like no, you know, no one's perfect. The person offended probably has said stuff that has pissed people off in the past. Yeah. So what? Just talk about it. You know, it's just, I think that that's, you see that more and more now where people on reality TV are less apt to say something in person. And then in their talking heads, they're very yeah. cutting. Yes. You see that on yes, housewives yes, yes, a lot. Yes, and I'm definitely. like, girl, you're not brave for your, your big commentary when Roll you're the, the only person in the room but i want to say too mentioning what you're talking about or referencing what you're talking about throb right mm-hmm. people have a weird reaction to throb being aggressive in their hunt for the crown yes. and their determination for the crown and i just wonder would people be as hateful towards them if they were a man yeah there's there's a I'm going to use the M word, the one made so famous from season four. But is there an underlying current of misogyny when it comes to listening to someone articulate themselves as strongly with conviction the way Throb does and think like it rubs people the wrong way because they're a woman? I 100% think that that is the case. Mm -hmm. And it is unfortunate to see because when I look at the interaction between JK and Throb in the cauldron, I'm like... 100% yes. Like, play the game. You should be cutthroat. Do you want to win or not? This is not... This is not the time to just oh well you know I don't know I was I was kind of giddy I, I like I, I kind of held my breath a little bit like I have no friends here you are my target and right. next week it's going to be somebody else that's, like, why oh he's, that's why he's why he's here yeah, that's totally. why Throb is here like Thank that's why they're Rob. all here so it's interesting too a lot of the people on our set I think our set is like our crew is probably somewhere like seventy percent women I think. Right. And it's the, up there. And then everyone else is, que- I mean, there might be like a 1% straight people. <laughs> <laughs> and an after pleasure planet. I don't know. Right. Well, exactly. Well, welcome I mean, to the Boulay agenda for the rest of the universe. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, the reason I mention it is because you can see a difference in the reaction to Throb from some of our like female camera ops or stuff like that and how they react to that versus even some of the gay guys on set and their reaction to it. Yeah. So, it's weird. It's like Throb has a heavy burden on their shoulders mm-hmm. because it's sort of like you ask people to sort of not be confrontational, but be unapologetically brazen in their opinions. But then knowing that if Throb does that, there's going to be a different reaction to that than JK gets. I absolutely agree. And I think you kind of opened the window a little bit into our world for listeners because 
maybe they don't take the time to imagine, oh, what is it like on set? And what are the opinions of the competitors from the perspective of the camera operators True, yeah. who has the, who, the crane operator or the lighting guy? We have lunch and we have these moments kind of like behind the scenes and we hear stuff. It isn't just about what we perceive. It's about how a group of people perceives the same competitor that we're looking at. And it's, I think it's a very interesting dichotomy. Yeah, I, that's the same thing with judgment. I don't think people realize it's not like we're sitting there directing it and then we decide and then we go get in drag, get in the mm -hmm. judgment booth and say what we think. There's a lot of people that have opinions, lots of producers, lots of people on the crew, network influence. There's a lot of people that have their opinions on who they think should place good <laughs> and bad. I love these moments totally. too where I'll be like, everybody's role on set is important. So when I say PA, I'm not trying to diminish their significance, but I'll like grab a PA I and bring them to the oh, side. Yeah, I'm like, totally. Maria, what did you think? Yeah. Like, what did you like? How did you react to this? Because totally. I, I want to know. Because they're the audience. Yeah, exactly. I think that way too. I feel the same way. I even think even as, even some of the producers sometimes can get too in it to mm -hmm. see it from the outside. And I'll be like, uh, I'm going to grab the lunch person. They cater and be like, <laughs> what did you think of that look? Because you're the person that's going to be watching the show. And then the lunch person's like, well, let me tell you, I have my bracket. I'm ready. I'm betting on this. I got, I got skin in the game. The truth is, <laughs> they, they do. do. I know, exactly. They do. And I'm always shocked to learn it. And, like, and by the way, those shoes you wore last week, honey, they were not serving. Doc. I'm like, whoa, okay, I didn't, let's turn that back off. You're like, oh, okay, straight lunch guy. Like, that, that's a very okay, detailed opinion. For but real, really, though. Well, she had a donkey. <laughs> oh, a word I haven't heard for a while. <laughs> so, okay, again, there's a lot of personalities. I mm -hmm. hope fans will treat everyone with tolerance in terms of we're watching a reality show let's please not like blow everything up to be level 10 yeah. kill everybody but yeah. opinions a little dignity a little respect for the fact that they're out here entertaining <laughs> you week after week after week they got a lot on the line they do they do they also have these weird orgasms on the line because oh. when that whole thing i was like get me out of here <laughs> I love it. I could not have been any happier than to watch all of those very strange <laughs> orgasms. Okay. I gotta say I was on JK's side with that one. Yeah. Yeah. In the I, talking head. Like it yeah. was like, okay, this is the one right thing. Kind of like, okay, that writer's dirt does what it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. If you watch that segment, but well, if you just listen to that segment and you watch with your eyes closed, a very different program, <laughs> a scary program. <laughs> Hilarious all the same, though. But definitely. for the next segment, you definitely want to keep your eyes open because that's when we come out with these looks. Oh, sister girlfriend, <laughs> we j I have to pause you here. Legs, mama. Legs. Oh, the legs. And yeah. face. Oh, my God. You guys look so good. Thank you. Thank you. It thank wasn't you, thank like you. a big look, but I feel like that's, a, uh, to me, I feel like it's choices. It's fashion sense and editing and just being, you don't always have to be like so over the top. It was yeah. sexy and the fabric choices are correct. The makeup is correct. That hair That is hair paired correct. remarkably well with the dress because for people that don't recognize it, this is our homage in Blue colors to classic Transylvanian garb space armor yeah, yeah. From spa you know space <laughs> armor I'm like all we need is those little like pitchfork guns but yeah. which I really kind of wanted to get one but I just couldn't um, but I'm like <laughs> we're gonna have we're gonna have our version but it's gonna be sluttier and it's gonna be black and red and it's gonna be very boule and yeah. I was really happy with the way it turned out I felt probably the most comfortable in that outfit that I had the whole season I was in such a good mood I that knew day. you were gonna <laughs> say that I knew <laughs> I was in such a good mood that day I felt light yeah. I didn't have any you know I didn't have to have pantyhose or anything no, on. I was no. just like here we are <laughs> Felt so good, and the dress itself like cinched you in, like mm -hmm. it was very comfortable. Yeah, that dress, it, the fabric is so hard that you could make it into a cincher in itself. It was fantastic. I loved it. It Had really the, was. The top open, so I wasn't like hot and sweating mm -hmm. on like what's coming. <laughs> oh God, there is the one that I just. Well, well, next episode we're literally <laughs> in like little saran wrap bags. Like, is that in, next in the episode? In the no. microwave. For, no, the like, white episode. Oh no, that. it's it's two episodes <laughs> from now. I'm like y'all. Yes. They just put me in the microwave for three and a half minutes, and that's how I feel the I feel whole like episode. A baked potato. I yeah. was, honestly, th those are the moments where I look around. And I'm like, I need everyone to fuck move out of the way because it, it was hot that day Ooh, i mean it's I, that's what i don't understand how orgotic does it i noticed in the when the in the band challenge when yeah. he was rapping 
that saran wrap around everybody's head. I'm like, you have lost your mind. You would just be so wet. That's the thing about drag and like especially the, the high level of drag that we'll do sometimes. Heat comes out of your head and your feet. So if you're wearing giant club kid boots that are made of plastic, feet not breathing at all, then you're wrapping saran wrap around your head. I don't mm -hmm. understand how he's still alive. He's hydrated, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, he couldn't hear anything half the time because yeah. he had the saran wrap around his well, head. Look, I'd be yelling directions at him and he'd be like, huh? <laughs> what? Let's divulge because we made some decisions to up our quality of living this season because that soundstage was like frigid. Frosty. It mama. was, everyone had their parkas on and like big hoodies. Like I the, love the crew it. was suited down. So, there was no escaping our big potato outfits, but because <laughs> they were so hot. But the room was cold. Mama, well, we went to Cracker Barrel that day. <laughs> I feel like people always probably wonder what it's like to be on the set. I liken it to being like in the thing, mm. the horror movie, because mm. it's dark as hell. Yeah. We we demand it to be dark. Remember, I'll go around and if people, I'm like, turn those fucking lights turn off. Like, lights why off. are those lights? It has to be super dark and it has to be freezing. And I mean, you can see people's breath. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and it's foggy too. Yes. And it's foggy. I love it. It feels like you're in a space horror movie all the time. And part of the reason too is I don't want the competitors to be aware of the crew and I don't want them to see anybody. I want them to live in their world. Yeah. And when you notice when the stage lights are on, especially in the lab and you're in the lab, if all the other lights are off and the lights are on you, you can't see anything. Oh, so yeah. it's easy yeah. to sub it's easy to be like, I'm just in a room and that could be a glass wall overlooking the city and I, I can't see anybody. That's the way I like it because it allows them to really submerge sure. into the moment. Otherwise, some people literally will look at the camera and shit. I'm like, Astrid, can you please <laughs> look at Hoso? Thank you. <laughs> Wow, she invoked her name. Um, so let's meet our judges Yay. because this judges panel was so fun to be a part of. So on set to help judge our interstellar sex worker monologues are two famous actors who we call friends and we love them both. Um, and one is a returning judge and one is it's their very first time uh, being a part of the Dragula judges panel. Um, so first up is David Desmalchin. We are good friends with David. We hang out with David all the time. He was part of Halfway to Halloween. He made that with us. He's been on the show before. And I find him to be such an incredibly talented actor. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm proud to say that because I don't always sometimes we'll meet actors and, you know, they act, but it's kind of <laughs> yeah. like them. It's just them, you yeah. know, but I yeah. feel like he's really impressed me with his his roles and how he changes and just his dedication to the craft. All I think that. he's incredible. And he's just an overall baddie because, yes, all of that to the acting skills, but also he's just a good guy. He's a good I, person. I love spending time with him and his family. Like, I think they've just become part of our friend group, and I'm really happy about it. And Lauren. Yes. Okay, God. can I just say, let me just tell Miss you about Lauren. Lauren. Yes! <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that Lauren is probably one of my favorite guest judges ever, A, but B, one of my favorite first-time guest judges. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You couldn't have told me that Lauren hadn't been there judging with us for seasons. No. I, I remember when we met her, she was like, I have been watching this show since season one. She's like, I have watched, literally, I watched season one, episode one, when it debuted. So she's a super fan. And yeah. It really shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And no, absolutely. she is so quick. Everything she says is like a sound bite. Yeah. She's gorgeous on she's camera. She's comfortable. She's gorgeous. She, she's a model. She looks like Linda Evangelista. <laughs> no, her, her remarks are cunty, too. Yeah. Like yeah. She gets it. She totally She's not afraid it. to talk about sex or drag or, or queer topics. Right. She's very comfortable. She's not like, uh, I'm afraid to say anything. No, I love it. In, in reference to our goddess, she's like, I love this plastic surgery face. Love those dick-sucking lips. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like for an acting challenge, these are great guest judges. Mm -hmm. Hi, I want to. Hi. Hi. Everyone do a shot. Hi. Um, I want to make sure that the judges we have actually have something to do with the challenge. Imagine that. Yeah, imagine that. And of course, Lauren Levera was made famous for starring roles in the Terrifier franchise. Yeah. Yes. Um, One of the only people to ever live in Terrifier, other yeah. than Art. But who yeah. knows? If, no, Art kind of died too and came oh, back. So, well, well, yeah, Art and Art's coming back. Oh, the new teaser. Yeah, so Christmas good. time. Love oh, it. I love a good Christmas horror movie Me too. too. And yeah. somehow I feel like Terrifier works in the Christmas season. I don't know why. It feels correct. Wait, is art basically our Christmas Martha? Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> 
I don't want to see those decorations, though. I don't oh, yes, see you do. That is see a hellscape. Em, see I wonder if they're going to do it. Are they going to make him decorate something with all these boxes? Oh, that's I happening. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a teaser for the new one. I didn't watch it yet. Oh, it's awesome. Is it? It's great. Is it Christmas themed? Oh, it's yeah, it is yeah. on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, and it involves a very controversial scene. It's, it's great. It's, everyone go watch I it. I'm going to have to check it out. I would expect nothing less. Oh, it, yeah. One of the things I think is interesting about Terrifier is... How they started. It really reminds me a lot of Dragula, but like mm-hmm. the movie version of Dragula, you know, we do TV, their film. It's just an unexpected hit that then you see grow. I wonder if people ever go to them and say, I loved it when you were on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> that was just for YouTube. <laughs> oh my God. And on that wow. note, we are going to take our second break. <laughs> and when we come back, we'll be getting into this floor show and all the goodness that transpires after. Stay where you are. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back, drag experts. It's now time to dig into this episode's Floor Show. It's Floor Show Day. It's Floor Show Day. I in love Boulay Manor. It is. I had to reference Coco's uh, read to the fans. That was, drag that was a Coco Melissa Cynthia combo. Right. Right. And I'm just going to say it. There's the door. There's the door, bitch. <laughs> yes. I, I think we alluded a little bit earlier in the podcast that um, we we saw some aliens that we definitely didn't necessarily anticipate. I think we saw mm-hmm. some alien influencers, skin traders, outer space clowns, but this fantasy was not necessarily the one I was envisioning when we came up with this challenge. Mm-hmm. What did you guys picture? Well, I pictured it to be a little more serious. Mm-hmm. I pictured it to be more sexual in a sort of pornographic way, yeah. or maybe filth related. Like I was expecting like if Rocky horror was in 2020 and there was like a fashion porn edge to it. That's what I was hoping Ooh. for, I guess. Yeah. What about you? I am going to double down on the, darker and more pornographic i remember looking at our cast before they had arrived and thinking okay what is everyone going to do here and thinking about a character like orgotic who their drag is so strange and i thought okay well maybe some sort of weird sorry everyone at home dick sucking machine that then Mm -hmm. cuts the body parts off or just something pushing the boundaries of pleasure into alien territory and i think instead we got a lot of comedy which is cool but i definitely thought we were going to get way more blood and gore and cum and piss and i thought he was gonna have some kind of giant alien dick pull back the foreskin and like a monster face mouth would come out (laughs) you know like that was my season three uk tour experience (laughs) (laughs) I told you to stay home that night. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah, I don't know. So it sounds like we all feel like we would have preferred it to be a little more serious and sexual. Well, a lot of times the fans will be like, we want to push the envelope. We want to see filled. I got to tell everybody again, all we can do is provide the platform in the direction for the competitors to do stuff. But if they don't go for it, there's nothing. We can't make them do it. I tried. It doesn't work. And I pictured all that stuff too, you guys. I was picturing tentacles and Mm -hmm. multiple orifices with big alien teeth and, you know, sort of like 
fear and violence mixed with like sex and space, right. gynoids and robots. That Xenomorph. Could, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. That's what I, that's gynoids. where my mind. Don't you get that from steroids? <laughs> oh, I'll have to take a look at that. <laughs> But let's talk about some <laughs> some highlights from the floor show because Blackberry really killed it with well, her pleasure bot. Yeah. Wait, before we go there, I also think the judges were expecting something different because when David got to set, <laughs> yeah. David was like ready to be horny that day. He was like, I can't wait. This is going to be so hot. And he'd seen pictures of the other competitors. Like he mm-hmm. knows Fantasia and everybody's like, oh my God, it's going to be so hot. I can't wait. It's, I'm so excited. And then he watched it and he was like, not really what I expected. And I was like, yeah. exactly oh my god same (laughs) let's talk about some highlights though because i think blackberry really killed it with her pleasure one yeah a deserved win for sure i think blackberry knocked out of the park and this Mm -hmm. was a good chance for blackberry to show her strength the costume was impeccable immaculate and it was sexual and nature which is what we asked and the way she delivered her monologue and the writing, it was really cute, too. I think she did a great job across the board. Very clever and well-written. The monologue was a big part of this challenge. Yeah, well, Blackberry's performance, I think, as a comedy performance, was one that it lived in a comedy world, and she is so funny. The delivery of it is impeccable, and I felt like there were other competitors who fell into comedy, which was fine, but they didn't necessarily chart the course directly for comedy planet they just happen to crash land there i think some of the people are having a hard time seeing some some fans a lot of fans love her some of the fans are having a hard time fitting blackberry into the dragula world and it kind of frustrates me because Mm -hmm. i feel like there is a world in which you could say dragula is just for you know victoria and orgotic and neo and that's it it, yep. That's it, but that's not what Dragula is. That's not what Dragula is, and we are not going to cast or judge on other people's expectations because that's not what it is. Yeah, because Disasterina lives here, and so does Bitch and you know, others that yeah. just kind of push the boundaries of what the show encapsulates. I'm going to reveal a little conversation that Swan and I had on the phone the other day, which we were talking about just the response and how positive everything is. But someone out on the, the internet ether had said it is the Boulay brothers Dragula. So. By extension, no one gets to decide who is Dragula material other than the Belay Brothers. And I'm like, get the fuck into it. Yeah. Oh, you don't think someone's a monster? Too bad. Yeah. That was too bad. Yeah, and also, our identity is horror-themed. The Belay Brothers are horror hosts. We're horror mm-hmm. characters. We live in these black and white horror worlds and all. So that's who we are. So I think sometimes people get the marketing of us as hosts confused with the show. So they think the show is everything that we are, but it's not. That's just our aesthetic. I don't want another Boulay brother. I don't need another like horror person. Like I'm looking for alternative drag artists and that could be so many. It could be JK. It can be Blackberry. It can be Fantasia. It can Mm -hmm. be all those things. Mm -hmm. So I hope people will sort of open their mind to that. It's to celebrate alternative art and boundary pushing drag, like drag Kings, automatically fall under that category for sure they don't have to be a horror person yeah anyways um be a filth queen oh come <laughs> on filth queen <laughs> i just want to throw this out there because it was one of my favorite moments of judging and it came from lauren when she was like kind of like wrapping up what her interpretation of throbs look sort of like melted down to like its most basic parts and she's like butthole and bowser (laughs) that's like all i heard (laughs) pretty good description i think yeah Yeah, absolutely and who knew hip tts were so expensive oh Oh, i knew i knew (laughs) when you know when neo showed up with those hip tts i was like "Woo! better get the amex ready haney in her monologue i was like i was I, i was seriously like those are one of those moments where i'm just the most myself where i'm like why did she say that? I love it. I love. I just remember looking around like, oh, what in the fuck? Well, yeah. My, my version of that is my internal monologue, which is just like, life is weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Life yeah. is fucking weird. And I actually loved Cynthia's look, but I could not get over the sweatpants material of the, I'm like, why yeah. couldn't you just done like a bodysuit under yeah. there? It was a little rough. <laughs> Yeah, you could see it, to me it was that you could see the legs bunch up and sort of the way they connected to the foot and all. It's a really cool looking character, but I think also maybe 
she wasn't aware that we were looking for something a little more realistic and less Muppet. I mean, maybe she is from an alien planet where their skin folds like that and mm. is that texture. And, you know, this is on us. I see. Pro- mm. Probably. Where everybody's skin is made out of stuffed animal <laughs> felt. Oh, hell yeah, mama. <laughs> I've been there. I don't know. Her and Neo could have been from the same world, I think. <laughs> right? From the TT verse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody, is there any critiques that you felt? Did you want to add anything to any positives or negatives to any of the other competitors? Oh, I did have one more thing. I'm so sorry. I got to say it. Fantasia, I love you to death. I was looking at the contacts and I was like, I know exactly where you got these contacts. I know exactly the movie they're from. And they look great, but it's not giving alien. It's giving three iris mummy. Mm. Anyway, that's my weird nerd thing that no one else would care about. I felt like Fantasia did look more sort of like French circus, kind of like I could almost see her in like a sexy, you know, they have those sort of like live shows in Paris. You know, I've almost felt like it looked like something from that more. I wasn't getting the space. I could see that. I could see that. So JK was in the bottom. I think it was kind of obvious that it wasn't their best showing. There was other stuff going on too. I think the fighting with everybody while they came in ready to be this combustible character, I think it weared on them by the end. Yeah. And we're kind of past the middle now. And this is where people can get a little worn out. Fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a bigger fight that happened that day, but some of it was kind of off camera. It didn't make a lot of sense. We kind of chose not to air it because I almost felt like it, I don't know. It crossed a little bit of lines of decency in terms of someone's personal space, I guess. I'm not hinting that something catastrophic happened. It's just when people get upset or they feel like they're over it, you want to show it, but sometimes you don't want to be too... It's a balance between like telling the story, but also showing respect for the characters and the right. ca- hi, the characters are real people. Let me do a shot. We don't have to, but we choose to respect their boundaries. If someone goes to level 10, I just don't think... I want to show that the yeah. same with Astrid on season four on episode one, exactly what I was thinking. that meltdown happened on episode two. The meltdown happened. The meltdown was much worse. There was like a two hours more footage of it. I didn't think it was necessary to show it. It wouldn't have benefited them, us or the viewer. So yeah. why? The you story know? was told and Fantasia also landed in the bottom. Yes. And so let's go to the extermination. Then, So the extermination was the alien birth simulator mm-hmm. yeah where we had the real alien births in season two but we had the mm-hmm. simulator torture devices in season five <laughs> you know what i talked to fantasia about this before the extermination because i always talk to them before and i'm like this is what it's going to be like this is what your experience is you know i try to walk them through it so they know what to expect and i'm like you've had a thousand plastic surgeries and heal from it you're going to be okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you're, you know what pain is and you're going to be fine. And she's like, I got it. I'm good with pain. And JK, not so good with pain. Yep. As we found out, JK literally waved the white flag during the extermination. I don't know if it was a combo of, I know that the pain was definitely getting to him, but a combo of that fighting with everybody, realizing that maybe I've kind of pulled these materials and choices out too many times. I think maybe they just thought it's over. Yeah, I think so. Why should I sit here and take more pain if I know I'm going to go home anyways? And ultimately, that is what happens to JK. And I just want to kind of backtrack going back to Jarvis's death scene, because I did say it at that episode and I meant it. Jarvis's death scene was probably one of the most beautifully filmed and executed <laughs> death mm-hmm. scenes of the entire series. Yeah. But, <laughs> but and that's a big but, oh, a big green on. alien oh, but. A but. Uh, JK's pleasure planet death is the campiest and the most fabulously ridiculous butt burster of our fantasy we have wanted to do the ass burster monster for so many seasons and the labor simulator yeah Yeah. like this is like wish fulfillment for the team for sure now i want to give something away because we didn't do it this is something i wanted to do back in the day was i wanted with this death scene someone to eat something then like some kind of powdery substance then the ass burster happens and then it runs away like it does an alien. And I, the last flash I wanted you to turn over 
and I wanted it to be Pinche. Oh my god. Because remember Pinche was turned to ash. So and I was always like, how could we bring her back for resurrection or anything? Because she turned to ash doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, oh wait a minute. Mm -hmm. If someone ate it, it was almost like it reconstituted her body. So it could just be an Easter egg in case we ever wanted to do that in the future. Well, that's part of like the lore of the of the alien franchise. Like the I think it's like the later ones, like Prometheus. Yeah. Where they put that little the, the spore powder yeah. and then yeah. they, they're impregnated with the alien. And I would say salad worm, but because it's pinche, I think maybe it's more like chicken tenders and fries worm. Yeah. But maybe that was the last scene that we didn't show. Maybe it wasn't. We'll just have to wait and see. Well, that brings us to the end of our adventure on Pleasure Planet X. Just imagine in your head, Israel is climbing up a radio tower with Ian strapped to his back. Yeah. Swan comes out and shoots him with these weird little lightning bolt rays. Mm -hmm. The thing falls back into the pool, and that's the end. Ah, as it should be. (laughs) We're going to move on to some listener questions. Ian, would you do the honors? Yes. (laughs) Katie asks, I have to ask... Did you choose the teams before or after the drama between J.K. and Cynthia, J.K. and Rogotic, and Blackberry and Anna? Or is it just random, or are you intentionally stirring the cauldron to see what happens? We are absolutely stirring the cauldron. Hell yeah! <laughs> That's the point of this challenge. Is it's funny to put all the people that are fighting on the same team. Duh. When yeah. we say we choose teams for the best drama, we mean it. Yeah. Now, the people that lead the bands. That is very particular. And how we decide that is, if you're kind of a front runner, I'm always like, we need to test you. You're a front runner, but can you hold the top spot? Let's find out. This is always a test, an important test. Or if you're someone that has been, that we know is strong in drag, but for some reason you're not coming out on top yet, I'm like, here's your chance. Mm-hmm. This is your chance to do it. And we've done that many seasons. That, yes. that happened with Madeline on season three. I'm yeah, like, I think yeah. with Sigourney too. Like yep. we wanted to give her the opportunity to shine. I think at that point, maybe she didn't have any wins yet. Mm-hmm. So, but she was like a front runner. So it's, it's interesting because it's sort of like you want that opportunity, but then also. It can cause you to really just never be able to catch back up again, too, if you, if you flop it. Oscar writes, As a viewer from across the pond, I was very excited to see a British queen featured in this series of The Belay Brothers Dragula. After falling in love with Anna, I wondered what you think separates British alternative drag from American alternative drag. Furthermore, are there any more British monsters that you have your hideous eyes on for season six? I think the further you get away from the United States, the more original drag monsters become. Even further culturally away, like Brazil and stuff like that, I think you get really interesting interpretations Mm. because they don't have the same reference that they're all pulling from. So I think the difference between UK and US ones would be they're darker. They're, they, they come from that, that. I don't know. I feel like the UK is just a darker place in general, a darker aesthetic. So I feel like they maybe are more of that Dracula, Dracula brand. Yeah, I can see exactly where you're coming from. My answer would have been this. I feel like monsters here and across the pond are essentially the same. But when they're from across the pond, they have more manners and they're generally smarter. And an accent. <laughs> they have an accent too. Don't forget that. Yeah. And also we have our eye on many monsters from the uk there are so many to choose from that dark aesthetic is just it just permeates over everything and that's why we love visiting scott from san francisco asks i like the new format for the episode's intros can you tell us about how you got the concept and why you made the change you remember we said we're kind of not reinventing dragula but we're perfecting the dragula formula for chapter two after titans so this to me is a more traditional horror host role so it mixes what we do outside of dragula with dragula and i think it's the perfect uh, combination douglas from dc alliterates Is there a reason why Fantasia wasn't with the other two in the extermination challenge? I feel since she was the band leader, she should have had to do the extermination, even if you weren't planning on sending her home. That could have been a viable outcome. Mm -hmm. Um, Douglas from DC, thank you for sharing your opinion. But we did not want to put Fantasia up on the chopping block because we thought she shined out as 
the lead singer and all of the guest judges agreed that she did a great job performing and sometimes you can't be 100% in control of like the alchemy of a group of people and that's just the way the pieces fell. It does cross, you know, it gets close to the line because you're like, well, you're the band leader, you're responsible. So if the band loses, it's sort of your fault. But I think it, as close as it was, the other two just, their points stacked up to them being in the bottom. That's just the way it is. Sweet writes, if a possible contestant applied for the Belay Brothers Dragula, who was really talented and fit the theme of the show perfectly, but refused to get tattooed, say for religious or medical reasons, does that keep them from being cast? Here's the thing. People never tell us stuff like that. They always just say they'll do everything no matter what. So they get cast. And then when they get here, if they see a scary extermination, they'll be like, did I forget to mention that I was a vegan? I'm like, yes, you did. Eat this worm. <laughs> <laughs> You sure did. You tricked me to get on the show. So eat this bloody steak and shut the fuck up. two worms. <laughs> and finally, LJ from Milwaukee asks, ladies, congratulations on the success of the halfway to Halloween special. Would you ever consider as sisters in darkness to host a Yule of Krampus special? We've talked about a holiday of horrors, Boulet Brothers style forever. And let's just put it out there. And manifest it for the holiday season of 2024, maybe 2025. I want to do a Christmas special so <laughs> bad, <laughs> yeah. so bad, but I would not make it Krampus related. I think that's too easy. Krampus might make a little cameo, but it wouldn't be central. Yeah. I don't think Krampus is that scary. I don't know. Oh, I sometimes I love the depictions of like the children crying their faces red and just beat <laughs> with like the torture and the despair because they're in that little backpack cage on a nasty looking Krampus. Like I live. I love the <laughs> Go off. classic like 70s sort of Christmas. I think it's so scary. I think of black Christmas. Oh, that God, movie is so black scary Christmas. and so dark. And I would want to like, channel that sort of like we did with halfway to halloween like that sort of 60s 70s vibe yeah that granny in the attic is wearing her version of the baked potato outfit <laughs> oh no <laughs> and i just want to say krampus is horny <laughs> All right, well, that's all the time we have for listener questions this episode if you want us to answer any questions about the show or our post-mortem reviews here please email us at creatures at bouletbrothersdragula.com and we will do our best to answer them live on air remember to rate subscribe and review to the podcast wherever you listen to it and join us here next week for episode seven of the Boulay brothers dragula post-mortem review see you then uglies the Boulay brothers creatures of the night is hosted and produced by Drachmorda and swanthula Boulay, along with co-host ian de vogler with music by Neuron Spectrum.